Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. Each day, Monday through Friday, we go verse by verse through the Word of God. We're in the book of Nahum right now. Um, I, I'm finding it kind of interesting. I've never preached a single sermon out of Nahum. Uh, to be honest, I don't have one now. <laughs> you know, I really haven't found anything in here yet that, that that I'll take straight to the pulpit, but not every verse in the Word of God perhaps is is meant, you know, for public preaching. I, I don't know. I, I can't say I never would or couldn't, but I'm just saying um, God's Word stands alone. It doesn't have to be useful, you know, for our purposes. It serves God's purposes, and Nahum chapter 2 serves its purposes, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's disturbing. It's a uh, also wonderful. Uh, let's talk about Nahum chapter 2 verses 1 to 13. Now, let me just say this. This is a prophetic vision. Do you understand that? It's a prophetic vision. The prophet Nahum is seeing, you know, in the spirit, the future destruction of the city of Nineveh, and, and he describes it in detail. Um, I, I, I think it's amazing. Uh, and, and again, it's, uh, it's, it's brutal, but uh, you have to understand the context. And we talked about this yesterday. Uh, Assyria was a, a brutal, evil empire. I mean, think Nazis or any of the world's other just uh, uh, completely depraved armies. Um, they inflicted atrocities upon the nations of the world for um, a century. And it seemed like God wasn't going to do anything. You know, and, and people cried out. God's people cried out. You know, the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom and Judah. And um, and so the people cried out to God. And uh, let me just say that this right here, this prophetic vision, this is what Jonah wanted to see. Remember when Jonah preached and then pouted and went up on top of the hill to wait to see, he wanted to see the firefall, you know? This is what he wanted to see. This is all he longed to see. Again, Jews hated Assyrians, but but it was more than just racism. It was probably that too. But it really was this incredible anger against the evil empire of Assyria. And again, that's not just me saying it. Again, go back, look at the archaeological records. Look at look at what the Assyrians left behind. They boasted in their wickedness. They boasted in the way they tortured people. They boasted in the way they tortured women. They boasted in the mountains of heads as they would just decapitate people and, and leave the heads in pyramids. I mean, they boasted in that. And so here, finally, the Lord takes action against them. Now, I, I, don't, I don't mean to I don't, it may be too soon to make an, an analogy like this, but for me, uh, I saw the police cam footage from Covenant School when they go in to rescue the children from that active shooter. Um, and, and just to see, you know, finally the good guys come in and, uh, and stop the evil, you know. Uh, no matter how you feel about all of that, understand this is the feeling that uh, the, the ancient people of God would have had in hearing this prophecy and in, in imagining this vision of finally, finally, somebody's going to stop them. Finally, somebody is going to be stronger than Assyria. Finally, God is rising up. Now, verse 1 says, your enemy's coming to crush you, Nineveh. Uh, I love the Hebrew there. The word there is a uh, it's, it's scatterer, the one who scatters or even shatter, the shatterer. 
It's rising up against your face is what the Hebrew says. Uh, make no mistake, the scatterer is God. You know, God is working through the conflicts among nations. God is working you know, in, in all of this to accomplish his purposes. And his purposes here finally is to punish the wicked and to restore the righteous. I mean, he says, even though the destroyer has destroyed Judah, the Lord will restore its honor. Israel's vine has been stripped of its branches, but he will restore its splendor. So you see that? God is going to do what we always pray God will do. You know, stop evil, you know, erase evil. Finally, God, who is love, stand up against everything in all creation that contradicts and opposes his love, you know? And so this is what that looks like. This is how that happens. And it's funny, like I have to say, some of the same people who, who want God to, you know, where's God? You know, where's God when people suffer? Uh, when God shows up, man, they're like, well, what, you know, who wants a God, you know, who wants a bloodthirsty God? Well, we all do, you know, we all do when we've been uh, the victims, when we've suffered, we want God to punish evil, you know, if God doesn't punish evil, then he's not just, he's not God, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, this prophetic vision begins there in, in verse three and kind of uh, climaxes there, probably uh, in a way there at verse six. Notice how shields flash red in the sunlight. Uh, it's the uh, scarlet uniforms of the valiant troops. The Babylonian alliance, they wore scarlet. You know, we, we sort of know that historically. And apparently the Assyrians wore blue or purple. You know, so it's almost like sports teams. You can see the, the red guys, the good guys coming in, and you can see the blue guys, you know, uh, the scarlet uniforms of the valiant troops. The glittering chariots move into position, a forest of spears waving above them. Again, uh, the, for the people of God reading this, it's like, finally, finally, yes, you know, finally, somebody is going to do what, uh, what, what needs to be done against the Assyrians. Now, the chariots race recklessly along the streets. Notice this movement here in these verses. Uh, the, the troops start out in the suburbs, they go down the streets, and then they just move in. That They move in. They move in through the walls. The king shouts to his officers. They stumble in their haste, rushing to the walls to set up defenses. And then they you know, penetrate the walls. The river gates have been torn open. The palace is about to collapse. You understand? It's those troops that move all the way into the very heart of Nineveh and bring down the palace. Nineveh's exile has been decreed. I said it yesterday, I remind you today. Uh, the Assyrians uh, absolutely perfected uh, exile as a means of population control and, uh, uh, and, and as a means of managing these prisoners of war. You exile them, you, you, you take them from their home, you erase their identity, and you plant them somewhere in a strange land where they can't do anything other than survive. And here, all of that is turned against them. Uh, chapter 2 shows Nineveh's reversal of fortune. Uh, Nineveh's like a leaking water reservoir. It's a picture of people just streaming out to escape. Stop, stop, someone shouts. But no one even looks back. Again, uh, in the days before you know, film footage and video you know, news reports, man, this prophetic vision uh, would, would be so very vivid and uh, amazing. Hearts melt and knees shake. We're talking about the defeat of the Assyrians. Where now is that great Nineveh and that den filled with young lions? Yeah, where now? Verse 13, I am your enemy, says the Lord of heaven's armies. That's devastating. Uh, literally, the Hebrew says, I am against you. I, I am against you. You know, one of my favorite verses, of course, is Romans 8. Was it Romans 8, 31 that says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And man, that is so encouraging. It's wonderful, 
wonderful. But understand, God's love, which is eternal and amazing and perfect in, in all of its ways, God's love, you know, has, um, has its other side because love requires that. Love requires that fierce um, opposition to whatever threatens its beloved. You know, think about the mama bear. You know, think about mamas of all kinds, you know. Uh, that that will protect the, the young that they love. You know, there's stories of you know women who finally you know somehow get this strength to lift a burning car off the baby. I mean, you know, I mean, love is fierce and ferocious when it is protecting what it loves, and and God's love is fiercely opposed to evil and everything that works against you know the triumph of God's love in the world, and and we want that. We want that. We want to believe that as crazy and mixed up as this world looks, that there's a God who's keeping score, you know, and a God who remembers those who suffer and remembers those who, you know, torture and maim and inflict evil. I mean, we want to believe that God cares about these things and that God settles those things. He is slow to anger, but understand, you don't want to reach the point where God says, I'm against you, you know. But this is his word to Nineveh. I am against you. I am your enemy. Uh, and uh, in the same way, I mean, I mean, I love the verse, if God is for us, you can be against us. But if God is against you, you know, there is no one that can be for you. There is no one who can save you uh, if God is not going to save you. Uh, Never again will you plunder conquered nations. The voices of your proud messengers will be heard no more. You know, never again. That's the word to the wicked empire. Never again. You will not, you will not uh, do what you've done ever again. You will not plunder another nation. You will not torture another population. You will not cut off another head. You will not inflict any more evil. You know, the Lord has spoken never again. Uh, Again, that's a rough chapter, but, but like I'm saying, I, I wish you'd think a little bit more about what it means to uh, believe in and pray for a God of justice. Don't you want a God who uh, rewards the righteous and punishes the wicked? I mean, if you don't, then what kind of world would we live in? What kind of afterlife are you looking forward to if there's not a God on the throne who stands for righteousness, you know, and ultimately love wins, right? Uh, this is what it looks like. Chapter two, uh, evil goes down and, uh, and we need it to. Uh, chapter three, we'll pick up tomorrow. We'll finish up Nahum tomorrow. We'll start the book of Acts on Monday, okay? So I'm looking forward to tomorrow, but looking forward to next week as well when we start something brand new in the New Testament. So listen, have a happy Thursday. It's beautiful. Get outside, enjoy the sunshine. It's a beautiful day that God has made. Stay in the word uh, and stay right with me. And we'll be in chapter three tomorrow. We'll finish it up. And uh, I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock, Tim with Tim. Love all you guys. I'll see you later.